Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is the other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet, who immediately started yawning as soon as I hit record. I get up very early to exercise and work out. Don't say it like that. Don't say it like that. I didn't mean it like like directed towards you. Yes, you did. We can't both get up early and go work out or go walk because somebody has to be here because we have a baby in the house. She's we have a, a baby. She's a child. She's a human being. I know, but still <laughs> the babies are human beings. But she still can't be on her own. True. Correct. You are right. Okay. I am tired. I've had a very exhausting week. As of you, not diminishing anything about your life. Yeah. I've been working very hard, and I was a very, very abbreviated yawn because as soon as I started. The inflection in your voice changed because you're going to call it fucking out. And your so, eyes got wide because you knew it was Yeah, so coming. like, well, let me stop this fucking yawn. Now you are breathing and drinking loudly and shaking ice. Wonderful podcast content just like a yawn. So we are even. Fuck off. Let's move on. Hey, everybody. It is October 19th. I thought you were going to say... Like, <laughs> one of those April like, 4th. It's April 4th, 1996. Today's podcast is us just coming back from the theater having seen The Preacher's Wife. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it is, yeah, it yeah, is that, Thursday. That was the right date. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know. I got it right for once. Um, if you're new here, uh, we own 2,000 movies, and we've been together like 2,000 days. And <laughs> Wait, how many days? Hold on. Let me figure this out. Like, we've been together more days. So we've been together uh, we've been, we have 16 not been, years. Yeah, we've been together 16 years. Three times, times as much as that. 365 days. It's about 5,800 days. It's been. It's more than that. It's like 6,000 days. Okay. That's, been together 6,000 days. That's nothing but a drop in the bucket, babe. What's the size of this fucking bucket? Big as my mouth. Oh, God. We could feasibly be together another 50 years. Another 18,000 days oh, we could be together, my love. Oh, my God. What? Why? What is that? <laughs> no. That's just a lot of time. <laughs> how many, right, how many yeah. days, how many days should, I've been alive? All right, and so you should be. I'm just going to round up to 37, because that's right around the corner. So I've been alive for about 13,500 days. Yeah. And, you haven't even, and I haven't been, even been with you for half so of that. 6,000 divided by 13,500. Yeah, it's been 44% of my life. Yeah, it's, it's going to be 100 fucking uh, percent of your life. No, well, no, it'll never be, because... I'm going to fucking beat the <laughs> shit out of you. So, yeah, it's been a busy week. <laughs> Put 100... Uh, percent of effort into it we have uh, busy with work and just you know crazy time of year the holidays are about to ramp up and Jillian and Victoria 
pumpkins and Halloween and yada, yada, yada. Um, because of that, I realized last week we covered um, all the movies we had recently watched, which included... Um, what did it include? <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> I talked about Totally Killer. We talked about... Haunting in Venice. Haunting in Venice. Uh, I had also watched something else. I totally forgot that I had watched something else and didn't even mention it. Because uh, it's kind of an inside joke in our fantasy movie league. And I was morbidly curious. Uh, and it hit Netflix. I watched The Machine a couple weeks ago. Oh, no, you didn't <laughs> even say anything. I forgot I did it. And I put in the... I guess that's appropriate. Oh, I forgot that you don't... You're not really on the Discord for the Movie League anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. Despite the fact that you're supposed to be part of the team. Um, well, I am part of the team, but you're I not let if you, you handle all of that. That's, that's, that's the league. That's, that's, I let you handle that. No, so you can And I be, do everything else. No, I do in everything. In our life. You just piggyback off of my success like the past 6,000 days. Um... So I put in there that I watched The Machine just to bother Connor Doyle, who had it in uh, the, the, the league last season. You know what's going to happen now? And he was like, I'm Why? only going to clean my laundry and Jillian's laundry. Well, I don't want to do laundry now. It's fine. Okay, good. Uh, he's like, why? I'm like, just to really kind of piss you off. And also because I was morbidly curious because I, over the past year or so, would randomly see a lot of Burt Kreischer clips. Obviously, I know The Machine story. And it's like, this, this, you know, this might be all right. And all right is probably the nicest thing I can say about it. it like two or three funny moments, but it's a stand-up bit that's elongated into a ridiculous ninety-minute movie. Um, I don't know what else you thought it was. I I, be. I didn't know, and also it tried to be like serious in moments and like heartfelt in times, and it just wasn't wasn't fucking it. So uh, yeah, I watched that. Um, that of course, obviously, is the most important movie-going experience uh, to mention over the past week. Great. What am I referring to? No, I don't know. Just fucking go. Just fucking talk. Why are you wasting fucking people's time? Just fucking do it. We also went and saw the Eras Tour movie. Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Say the fucking name of the movie. Right? Everybody knew what it was. I could have just said the movie of the decade and they would have known what it was. Oh, God. No, Killers of the Flower Moon comes out this weekend. Everyone go see it. We have it in one of our two movie leagues. Uh-huh. But no, it was it was amazing. It was wonderful. I'm so glad I have a beautiful tin and cup. I don't know why. Why didn't I use that cup? Where is it? It's in the pantry. Oh, it's in the it's in the top part over there. No, the cup. No, it's literally with all the other cups. Yeah, the, I know, but it's in it's the top. I, I was on the bottom with, one. I was on the bottom. No, they, it goes where the other yes, I know. cups go. I looked. It doesn't go with our good cups. I looked on the left hand side instead of the right. I'm already regretting we didn't get that other popcorn bucket. We should have gotten both. We should have just gotten both. I told you we didn't even have to get it filled up. Most of the people didn't have any popcorn. There were so many people buying popcorn buckets and no popcorn. And no popcorn. There were people that literally got the. Like the regular, and we went to Disney Springs, which is an AMC theater, and AMC's large popcorn drives me nuts. It's like a paper, not like a regular like popcorn, like a large popcorn no, bucket. No, it's like it's a, a it's like diamond paper. shape. Yeah, and it's like, made out of like what the carrying cases are made of. Yeah. essentially. there were so many people that had that popcorn and just the popcorn bucket in a bag, not used. I'm like, so you spent thirty five dollars on popcorn? They want it to be. Pristine. Ridiculous. Uh, look, 
it's the second time I've seen the concert, obviously, just as you had. We brought Jillian with it. She had an absolute she had ball. Such a blast. Uh, I'm actually going to read my uh, letterbox review for this because I think it's probably the best way I can encapsulate the experience. I did miss a, a decent portion of the movie. You missed. You missed a great. Well, because I was like, you if I'm, a bunch of great parts. If, oh, I missed basically one. Because you wanted to go get a album. beer. I wanted to get several beers. I got nice and toasty at Disney Springs this past weekend. Oh, so did I. We had that. Hey, if y'all like mimosas, try mimosa champagne flight. and uh, cranberry juice. We'll just try the mimosa flight at City Works. Also, shout out too. to Terralina Crafted Italian, the place where Jillian lost her first tooth. Uh, eating spaghetti. Uh, Next to a night. whole table of girls going to homecoming. I will not get into that. Uh, we had a wonderful day. We did a lot of shopping. Enjoyed Disney Springs. And the movie itself was great. I, there, I literally, because when we went to the concert, I was even more in the bag than I was for this day. There was a bunch of it I didn't even remember. Um, and it was wonderfully, wonderfully, wonderfully done. Um, yeah, oh, it was. Where, where, where can I not? Hold on. I hate letterbox sometimes because I can't. More activity. There you go. Um, my daughter and I were in heaven, and uh, my daughter and wife were in heaven, and I had good drinks while good music played, and everyone was nice to one another. What else do you want in a movie? Great cinematography, spectacle, and passion? Oh, this has it too. <laughs> like, honestly, it was. It was uh, I haven't seen many concert films in my time because most concert films. Uh, Either A, don't really exist anymore, even though they're going to be fucking coming out the wazoo now. Yeah. Or B, are from artists that I never was really interested in. I think probably the one I ever saw in my life was uh, Madonna's Truth or Dare when I was like way mm. too young to see it. Because my um, M. M loves Madonna back in the day and I would catch it just so they were watching it around the house. Uh, but yeah, this, this fucking was great. It was really, really good. Fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, if... If you want to so jump good. on board, go fucking see it. It was a good time. Um, yeah, doing the, my letterbox reviews, which I hadn't done in a while for all the things we just talked about, had reminded me of like, oh yeah, I need to fucking mark that I watched The Machine. So that that's where that is. That's annoying. Uh, and I think that's it. Uh, I want to do a promo, a promo right now before we get into the movie. Uh, to encourage people, if you're not subscribed to the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio and subscribe because I think we're going to start having a lot more Patreon content based on um, how much I've enjoyed doing the last two weeks episode, or the last uh, episodes of Birdemic 2 and 3. Uh-huh. I forget we're a week ahead, so I keep saying the last two weeks. Um, we also did it for the Neil Breen film Twisted Pair Uh that same weekend, I forget when we exactly did it, but I think we're going to do that more. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to do it with another film, I believe, tomorrow, and I'm going to basically just review those to make sure that I didn't say anything slanderous, and just put them right up on on the Patreon for you guys to enjoy. Uh, so if you're not subscribed and want to listen to those, check that out. There's going to be a Halloween-based one uh, right around the corner for Great. you all. Yeah, to, yeah uh, that's true. But uh, this is our last podcast for October. We're uh, ending it with a bang with my nominated Halloween or fall movie, a movie that I had never seen before from beginning to end, and we resolved that yesterday. We watched The Exorcist. I'll read the package now. William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist, directed by William Friedkin, the scariest film of all time. 
points. Oh, wow. That's a lot of Can small I read this writing. part first and then read? Sure. Okay. The greatest supernatural thriller of all time possesses you all over again in a new state-of-the-art digital transfer. This is a DVD. It looks fun. It's also full screen. Well, I'm a little almost stopped. He's like, should we just put this on Max? Controversial and popular from the moment it opened, The Exorcist endures as an uh, one. Mm-hmm. as a defining classic that influenced movies afterward and still shocks and haunts today. The frightening and realistic tale of an innocent girl inhabited by a terrifying entity, her mother's frantic resolve to save her, and two priests, one doubt-ridden, the other a rock of faith, joined in battling ultimate evil always leaves viewers breathless. It's like yours. In the extended director's cut, director mm-hmm. William Friedkin and producer-slash-screenwriter William Peter Blatty integrated over 10 minutes of footage deleted before the film's 1973 release. They include moments deepening the impact of a first-rate ensemble's remarkable performances and reinforcing the film's grip on its audience. A phenomenon of its time and for all time, The Exorcist astonishes and unsettles like no other movie. Okay, I'll take one. one. I got too excited. On the, the verbose nature. Um, I realize that, so as kind of is common as I'm watching movies, either if I've seen them or not, kind of at the same time, I think you do similar. I had IMDb up looking at some of the trivia, and I also have Wikipedia up because there's extra trivia, and yeah. sometimes Wikipedia is better for it because IMDb is always going to be based off of, you know, how people find it interesting or votes. And from that, I saw like the director's cut like section. It, it it tackles it in terms of what's different about like the ending. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, like as I kind of saw it, like it was happening, and I was like, oh, we're watching that version. So I don't know if there's based on the back of this movie because the Wikipedia didn't really cover that. If there was more throughout the movie that was quote unquote the director's cut. Because I have no frame of reference, and I'm sure you don't either, because it's been how long since you probably yeah, watched yeah. this movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I find that interesting. And we, try, we tend to try to avoid that, but a lot of times the DVD or the Blu-ray gives you the option of being like, okay, which one do you want to watch? This was just like, you're, you're watching it, so here it is. Yeah. Um, how many times have you seen this movie? Uh, no, this was the second time I've seen it. So you watched it when you were... I was a... A child? Yeah, yeah, You were a teenager? Yeah, I was a teenager. Okay, that's that's acceptable. Yeah, I was a teenager. I watched it with Carly. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> she probably wants to either do this or be the person possessed. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the two. For sure. Um, obviously, you kind of... If you've been living... And know what movies are. Like, you know what The Exorcist is. This was the... I mean, still is adjusted for inflation. Like, there's never been a horror movie more attended in theaters. Like, this technically made, like, $2 billion. You know what I mean? Like, sure. From, like, when it came out. And it was the highest... Even without inflation was the highest rated... The highest grossing R-rated movie until, like, fucking It came out, like, five years ago. Which wow. Which is wild to think about. That's crazy. It was the first real horror movie and still one of the only horror movies to get all the accolades and the Academy Awards and is, you know, an all-time movie. And we've had... I mean, we just had last week with Psycho, a movie that I had seen before... Um, we have cases where we do those all-time movies where I know the beats, I know all the pop culture references because they've been parodied and copied and, and referenced out, out at nauseum. 
and it ends up being a bit of a letdown when you're actually in the moment and watching yeah. it from beginning to end. This is not that case. This movie, I think, literally has fucked up the past 24 hours of our life in a significant way from just That's experiencing why, and watching earlier it. Earlier when you said that you were tired, I was like, bullshit, you're tired. And I had this weird lesion I, on my... I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't sleep well last night. Jillian scared the shit out of me this morning. Well, in the middle of watching the movie... There were a few Look, things that happened. That was it was so fucking crazy. My my swerve count is going to be off, and my notes are going to be a little choppy because, you know, I'm taking my notes and everything, and then I was like trying to backspace, and all of a sudden it just my my phone just did its own thing. It deleted like half of my shit, but it was just backspacing. It wasn't like it just like deleted all of the notes. It was like backspacing, like it was so fucking That's creepy. Wild. And then I was sitting here, I, I you know, we have our our big couch that has recliners in it. And my, I'm tall, so my foot was touching our coffee table, and I was like just scratching yeah, the yeah, coffee yeah. table with my nail. And you're like, yo, can you fucking stop? Yeah, <laughs> like why would you make that that really weird creepy noise? I didn't realize it. And then oh, we turned off all the lights when we went upstairs, and I was like, man, fuck this, like. I slept fine. I had a really weird dream about Inside the NBA and Tiny Teen Adventures, but that's another story. Um, it's not like my cogs were within the air dream, so don't worry about it. It was much funnier and warm-hearted than that. I'm sure. But no, this movie is just fucking deeply affecting. 50 years after the fact. And that stands to... The craftsmanship of the director, who I definitely want to get into because he is a wild man. Um, the amazing performances by almost the entire cast, but especially the the main principal actors. Um, and just, I, I, I listened today to um, a podcast about this, which I try to avoid doing before we record around certain things. But this one I felt fine in because it, it's such an old movie that, how different of an opinion can you really have or talk about? And they kind of reiterate what I was thinking of. I think the reason why this movie works so well is this is the rare case of a horror movie that it is treated, like the back of the box says, as 100% realistic. Like, this feels like it actually happened based on the whole package they put together and... and and show you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's why it works so well is because horror movies bring you to that place where it's like, well, what the fuck would I do in this situation? Or and that's why it's scary. It's like in the back of your mind, what if this could happen? That scares the shit out of me. Oh, for sure. And the fact that when this movie was made, and the commentary from like the medical professionals, yeah. like. It's like, yeah, that's so realistic because even today, obviously something like, you know, mental illness, there's a lot more conversation around it, a lot more diagnoses, things like that. But the attitude of the doctors and they were trying everything, they're like, oh, nothing was on that scan. We're going to do another scan because we're not going to say that it, that she should go to a psychiatrist, right? Like, you know... I just found it well, so that, interesting because oh, of course. that's kind of 
how they treat a lot of things today. Well, and it's specifically then, and even to get us to the point where we're at today, where yes, it still happens, but just to show the dichotomy of, of how we've grown, but then you throw like the religious aspect oh, yeah. on top of it, and people having crises of faith and yeah, absolutely and a belief and it transcends know. because that that stuff's like timeless. I feel like because even if okay, mental illness because like that's what they were saying, right? Like or like a disorder of the nerves, right? She, being prescribed Ritalin, like mm-hmm. how common that is nowadays. Yeah, the, the Ritalin piece, I was like, hmm, that's right? interesting. Like, yeah. so, but it's like, so it's not that, but had that been made today, like, I don't, I'm not going to see the one that they just came out with. I doubt that it would be the same, but had that, this movie started and been made today, like, what would the ailment be and what would that approach be? I feel like it would be much the same. Well, I find it interesting that. Part of the reason why I nominated this was I nominated this before the initial reviews came out for Exorcist Believer, which just was released three weeks ago, I think, from when this is airing. And, you know, I saw the the trailer in IMAX, Oppenheimer, and I liked all the previews around it. Leslie Odom, David Gordon Green's got a good reputation based on the first new Halloween movie he made. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. I think we're due for a new fucking Exorcist. It kind of followed the Halloween path of it ignores all the other sequels and just is a direct sequel to the first one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm kind of getting amped up for this. I want to watch this to get a frame of reference. And that movie, while intents and purposes, is a steaming pile of crap. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it has gotten very, very bad reviews, both from fans and critics. And part of the, the, the review consensus is... It just doesn't even come close to being scary or scratching the surface of what this movie does. And yeah. having watched this, that makes a lot of sense from where society was then and now in that it's kind of a double-edged sword. There's a lot that you can get away with today that you can't get away with now. On that same token, in the way that society and entertainment is now, there was a lot you cannot get away with now that you could get away with today. This movie kind of lands right in the middle of that, or is like, I have no idea how this movie got to be. There are persistent rumors that they paid off the Motion Pictures Association of America to avoid an X rating for this movie, which, I mean, I don't see how you could not. Like, this, to me, is like the definition of an X-rated movie outside of pornography when you have a child... Fucking, fucking themselves with a, with a crucifix and spurting blood and 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 talking about mothers sucking cocks in hell and all this other stuff. Like, you know, that, that's going to get a hard rating today. Just it getting a simple R in 1972 is a, a little out there. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, all that being said, I fucking loved it. It, it definitely stood up to its reputation to me. In spades. Now, for you, you're always interesting to gauge for these type of things because obviously it's not your thing. But do you appreciate it and still enjoy it to that like pantheon style film level, or does your review and opinion diminish because you're just like have a natural aversion to it? 
No, I no, and I've said that before on on horror scene like oh, the horror genre films that we've done. Like I think I gave Hereditary a rather high score, even though I had a nervous breakdown. Had a course. nervous breakdown, and like just the thought of you putting it on TV the other day, like I had a <laughs> panic attack. Like I can't like. I can still appreciate something just because I will don't you, like will it. Will you make me a promise? Never. <laughs> never you, again will I watch that movie. You will never watch it? Damn. Never again will I watch it. I would say, will you watch that movie with Jilly and I when she wants to see it like no, in 10 years? absolutely not. You'll never watch her no, ever again. I won't be again. in the state. <laughs> but you'll watch... So what? So you'll watch The Exorcist, though. Like I don't this, know. This bothered Completely me so much different. more than Hereditary because of... the like, Well, I don't know. How old was Charlie and Hereditary? Run the same age as Regan in this? No, not twelve. I think she was younger. Not by much, though. I don't. I don't think. know. You can look it up. I'm not. I don't. <laughs> I have a I don't block. Have anything? I, I, I jailbroke my phone just so I didn't have to see anything Hereditary ever again. But uh, like this affected me more just because of to me how like guttural again and real it felt. Where I was like, man, what the yeah. fuck would we do? But that's that's like that's I just that. I wrote in my notes like. If Jillian ever says anything about her goddamn cunt, I'm leaving. But that's like, I, 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 you'll never see me again. But that's how I felt with Hereditary. But like I, that's I, how I felt. But I, it just hit me in such a different way. Sure. And this didn't. I mean, maybe because, like, sure, could it happen? But no, I don't. I don't I th- believe oh, that this no, could I fucking don't happen. I did go so down a little it, rabbit hole trying to find the original trail for this movie, and from trying to do that. I got like a bunch of like real life exorcism things, and I watched a couple, and I was like, "Man, this fucking shit lame." Yeah, <laughs> it's all a bunch like, of focus, focus. Like, yeah, and I think part of it because like you touched on it a little bit earlier, like the religious aspect to it, like yeah. I mean, and I know like in this in the movie they touched on like a priest or a rabbi would do it. I've never heard of a fucking rabbi doing an exorcism. They what would they fucking do? Feed them fuck some chicken soup and hey, you know whoa, put them to sleep. Whoa, allegedly. <laughs> To. I'm sorry. You fucking <laughs> asshole. I'm now gonna write the Jewish Exorcist, and it's gonna be. I'm gonna need your help with it because I don't want any of the references. Uh, but like you know, I just no, no. I, I this didn't affect me so, anywhere near as deeply as how Hereditary affected you. But you looked over a couple times at me when there were things that I didn't. I knew obviously, obviously, if you don't know, you know the pea soup vomit, and if you don't know. The levitating and the bed rocking and the pissing on the floor. Because I've seen Scary Movie 2. Uh, did you see Scary Movie 2 with, in the theaters with your mom? <laughs> or was she done no, with Scary, Scary Movie? No, it was Scary Movie 1 No, I know, only. but I was like, Mom, no, no, the second one's won, coming out. She won le- No, 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 no. She was done. The Troy, second one is Troy wasn't horrible. around. Troy wasn't around. The second one starts with My mom like a, would never take me to see that again. Yeah. The second one starts with like a 15 minute. But you've seen the second one? Yes, I've seen them yeah. all. The second one obviously starts with, you know, the long like 10 to 15 minute exorcist period. I think... The woman playing Regan is Natasha Leone, actually, which is funny. Oh, that's in funny. That's funny. Uh, so anyway, yeah, yeah, you know what Jewish people do with evil spirits? They, <laughs> no, well that <laughs> get out of here. But you remember oh, when busy. we watched Fiddler on the Roof? Yeah. yeah. Oh, true. That spit on me. Well, yeah, I got the evil spirit out of you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Now I'm gonna be an even bigger. Like that's like the Exorcist, but I don't know. Maybe there is a. Maybe there is like a prayer and a thing. You start. You look it up. I ain't doing it. My point being, so I had obviously the big beats, 
expected, but there were still things as they occurred, like when she spider walking down the stairs and got blood pouring out of her mouth, I was like, no fucking thank you. Yeah, that's why that creeps me out so much. The fucking flashes of Pazuzu. No fucking thank you. I knew that was a thing because I had seen the image online before. And I thought it was just a quick, like, two-second thing in the middle of the exorcism. I didn't know, basically from, like, 10, 15 minutes in the movie, at any moment I'm going to get the subliminal flash. The one that fucked me up the worst was when um, Chris is coming back to the house and the lights are flickering. And oh, she nah, hears something man. inside. And there's, it's the white balance one. Uh-huh. And it's like the little, it literally looks like James Wynn. He's ruined my life. Has like took the PNG clip of Pazuzu and just clicked it and dragged it into like the scene, but like it just felt like it was actually there, and I was like, no, I can't fucking do that. Yeah, especially no, when like you. our power just went out like the other day. I wasn't like, thinking about that. But. Well, no, I think about that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I mean, what? Let let the spirits come and fuck with me. <laughs> what Samantha, are they gonna do? You get scared so easily. You talk a big game on this podcast, but you would be shitting in your fucking britches if Pazuzu was here. No, I'd be like, what the fuck kind of name is Pazuzu? (laughs) Hey, listen, Pazuzu. Pazuzu, no one's got time for you. Aren't you the guy that helps Simba? (laughs) Pazazu? (laughs) I had another one. That's uh, a sketch you should write. I had another. No, the other one I had was, I was like, man, no one's going to get this reference. Uh, David Lean's uh, car character in the 80s. Uh, Joe Pazuzu. <laughs> Joe Pazuzu. Uh, but no, like, they flash it like five or six times. They like, do. They flash it in I, different ways. I don't need, like, I had a lot of big, like, no thank you moments. Um, I mean, the song, obviously, Tubular Bells. As soon as it hits, you're just like, I don't want to be around this. <laughs> I, I am naturally unsettled by it. Uh, and obviously, the last, like, 20... 30 minutes of the movie once we get into like the actual exorcism like that is just unassailable fucking cinema like it's as it's wild as you'd expect and the other thing i didn't anticipate about the movie is two hours and 13 minutes you could argue there's a good solid 15 20 minutes of this movie that is probably unnecessary the first 10 minutes of the movie have always been kind of controversial in terms of its necessity like i guess you kind of need it because you have some expectation of marin later on in the movie and kind of what he's been through yeah what he's searching for but it, it started i was like okay i cool like, i don't know how this relates let, yeah let's, let's, it's let's, kind of odd until it circles back yeah to like, him. like let's get to it yeah you know? yeah but um the movie has a lot of like Deep character scenes are are downward trending moments that kind of lull you into again this realistic false sense of security that you get snapped out of immediately when you know you have crucifix masturbation and you know projectile vomiting and things like that and then it, the ultimate payoff of it is just fucking 25 minutes of balls to the wall demon yelling levitating power of christ compelling you over and over again and then right into i mean for me i think the ultimate part of the movie is when karis kind of steps out and comes back 
and you find that Marin has died, died mm-hmm. from the pressure of it all. And he starts beating the shit out of... I was like, he's just wailing on this girl. That was a big swerve. Fucking uh, grab that girl. That is not a swerve. If there's the shit I, out of her. There could be a four-month-old or a 98-year-old doing what that character is doing in this movie. And I am beating the shit out of it. <laughs> if that is happening. Without a moment's hesitation, I am beating the shit out of anything that is... Talking like a demon and telling me my mother is sucking cocks in hell. Without question. So I identify with Father Karras 100%. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So beating the shit out of her and getting Pazuzu to inhabit him. And just how quickly and like drastically it engulfs him. And him just jumping out of the fucking window and tumbling down those iconic stairs. It, like the, the agony of the situation at all is just like epic in like the biggest movie making way. From the moment Marin arrives and you get the poster shot, and I would argue one of the ten most iconic shots in movie history, just the way that it's framed outside with the lights. It took them two days to just get that shot. That's crazy. Like that's fucking wild. That's to crazy. Take that uh, attention to yeah. detail. And then just like until, the, until they start and they just keep going no matter what, vomiting all over the stool and everything else. Yeah, and it, it's it just it's it fucking works. And I mean, there's a reason why this is this like quote unquote the scariest film in the greatest horror movie of all time is. I've never seen anything that's that's topped this in my opinion. There might be horror movies okay, that I well. liked more. But also, I've probably liked. I've seen more as well, so it's an unbiased. But I think if I watch this more and more, I'm going to pick up and like things. Because the other thing is, I also like some of those other scenes that aren't invested around, you know, the exorcism and the demonic possession of like both of like. Kinderman's like interrogation scenes essentially the one with Karis and the one with Chris later on like those are both great scenes like they're fantastic um also just because I'm just a big Lee J. Cobb stand. I know you are uh, just... he's not the MVP of the movie but god damn it he's great and it, it it's they're just kind of this like ebb and flow bit of levity but also like necessary to furthering the plot and again rooting in the reality of, of the world um what other things did you scenes or pieces you particularly like um I mean I really did like the world building I think they did a good job of building like this world and reality of like who Chris is as like the mother, famous and, like, actress as famous well, actress yep. and like the surroundings and like how like the interlock like with Karis, you know, uh, and then like the separation from the husband, Reagan's dad, and like I liked how they built those things. Um, they give such detail and weight behind, but the not like I said, the non impacted by. Pazuzu exorcism right, right, of it all the principal right. characters of you know it's a story about divorce and a mother's struggle with fame versus raising a child it's a story about yeah uh, you know abandoning 
and feel, and having guilt over, you know, what you do with your parents when they get older. Like, you know, those things don't normally get a lot of player time in horror movies because you're all about the jump scares and right, the, right, right. The what's happening. Right. Those are and, all pieces as to why people are reacting the way they are to the things that are scary in the movie. And And they were able to do all those things without it feeling... Like they were dragging anything out, mm-hmm. so so like I I really liked that I you know just love like the building of the relationship between them and um, yeah. you spend all that time establishing their deals and they're incredibly well acted and yes. they are worthwhile in the end based yeah. because they're part of the journey that they all take throughout this traumatic experience. Um, it lays great groundwork and for some people it's probably a little too much for their taste. But I think it helps set the ominous tone, like I said, of you get this stuff and then all of a sudden things escalate quickly. Because like once shit starts and it and once things are happening, it's like, whoa, hold the fuck on, you know? Yeah. And I like the realism too of this. Like uh the fir- like one of the first doctors visits, um, the doctor's talking to, to the mom, to Chris, and is like, you know, she told me don't like go go near her fucking cunt or whatever and just like the reaction was for her to like kind of laugh a little Mm -hmm. bit and I'm like fuck that's what I would do oh no I'd be I'm leaving like well yeah I know but like (laughs) I'm gone bye and and, like the the doctor was like this is what Jillian said I'd I would probably start laughing and be like, I'm so sorry. Like, that's not something she would usually say like I'd be like like, I legit though because when she does stuff like that we laugh sure in the moment. Get, in the moment. I guess it's because of the... I'm thinking of the extreme of this case. Like, oh, yeah, sure. But no, if a, we... Were, a, there is a fucking runway. Yeah, I get <laughs> between it. Between what you're referencing and what... No, but like, I'm way. saying like, okay, they went for this medical test, right? And she's like, oh, it's just the nerves. Does she curse or lie? And he's like, well, this is what she just said to me. This was the curse word she said. Like, I would laugh in that situation, not... Oh, she's possessed by a demon? Let me laugh. Like, no. But I would say... In that context, I would. And I, I think it, that is authentic. I would say, that's a verbatim quote. And the doctor would go, and go what's the nearest freeway? <laughs> I need to go. I'm out of here. Because she's going to get possessed by a demon? Yeah, because I know. Yeah, done. Done. And I can't watch my child's head spin around. I can't watch her fucking... Uh, on a bed that's rocking back and forth like you put a fucking quarter in it in a 70s... Pay by the hour motel, you know? Um, the lesion scene is physically, I think the most uncomfortable thing in the movie was just watching 70s science. <laughs> like, like, like them inserting the that thing in her neck and like the stuff spurting Ugh. out and like Ugh. them trying I was like, to like. What the fuck kind of surgery is this? You were this? like, no, and then they were like, and this is like a fucking cat scan? Like, well, this is I how know. we I was get like, things. This is like, a cat no, scan? Thank you. Like, I'm so glad modern medicine yeah. is as advanced as it is. Yeah. I was like, not, not about I w- am not about that. Nope. No way. Uh, oh, and one of my favorite scenes, or favorite lines in this movie is um, when Karis is, is having conversation with the demon. The second time or the first time? I think it's the first. Because the first time is when he gets, like, the vomit all over him. The second time... No, the second time. The second time, that scene is great. The vulgar display of power. Yeah. It's one of my favorite lines. I love that. I thought that was really great. I love that scene because it's essentially, they're just chatting. Like, 
Yeah. He's just having a conversation with this demon, essentially. Right. Trying to figure out what yeah. it is. And the demon then it has to, you know, resort to its tricks of impersonating his mother and impersonating, you right. know, beggars or impersonating Burke. Uh, so, things I didn't like about the movie. There, there's not many. Uh, why? This is a nitpick. Why the fuck, if your daughter's having these situations, why you gotta throw this party? What? What's the point of this party? Well, no, I think the party was before all of that kind no, of no, she had, started. She, no, she had already had... Um, talk. Obviously, she's already talked about Captain Howdy and had the Ouija board. Oh, yeah, that was like a little Ouija board. She had already been to the doctor with the goddamn cunt thing. That had already happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it had. Because, um... No... Yes, I'm I'm almost positive it did. Because that because that yeah. stuff was happening with her having complaints about you know, the bed moving and stuff like that. Cause the next escalation is her telling oh, yeah, the astronaut yeah, 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 telling yeah, the astronaut right. he's going to die up yeah, there yeah, and then pissing right. on the floor. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're it's right. Like, just just don't just don't have a fucking party. Like just don't just don't do it. Also, what a weird fucking mix of people that she is around. Um, and also all the, the stuff about Bart being drunk and insisting that Carl is a Nazi. Um, there's a lot of, like, tertiary characters that I feel like get a little bit too much time and attention. We might get into them with LVP just because I don't know if the performances or the characters. But, like, she has a housekeeper and she has this babysitter. Right, I was like, who the fuck is this? Who is this? Who is Carl? Carl, get out of the house. I don't... That's what I put instead of, Carl, get back in the house. That was Carl, my swerve here. Yeah. Swerve, Carl's Carl, in the attic. Carl, get your Swiss ass out of the house. Carl's in the attic. Um, I don't know what the job market was like in the early 70s, but it must have been poor for these people to still be in this situation. I'd be like, here's my notice. Goodbye. I cannot do this anymore. So that's uh, that's one is kind of just that framing and situation. I wish... I, I said that... There's a lot of scenes of early on, like the first 30 minutes of the movie, kind of a, like world building and establishing Born the situation. scenes of desert. Well, I wasn't talking about the first, that's the first 10 minutes oh. with just Marin. I'm talking about, um, you know, the stuff with Karis and the McNeils. I do wish there was a little bit more time to establish, like, the bond between Chris and, and Reagan. Um... Like, you have the scene with them in the basement, the Ouija board, and then you have the scene of her, like, putting her to bed, and they're talking about Burke, and talking about just, you know, their happiness, and you see how just kind of jovial and normal of a child, you know, Linda Blair is, and, and Chris's happiness with it. I wish she had a little bit more of that, because it would make the impact even bigger when you see what happens. Because the next thing you know, there's something wrong with her, and then we go down this path. Um, and then the epilogue, which I think is the, like we talked about a, a little earlier ago, was the biggest um, difference in the quote-unquote director's cut. The original movie just kind of has Karis' Karis's, uh, necklace given to Chris, and they just kind of leave, and that's it. In this, uh, Father Dyer gets it back, and then you have that extra scene with him and Kinderman kind of seemingly setting up their next, their buddy cop trilogy <laughs> Kinderman's finally getting somebody to go to the movies with uh, just really unnecessary like I think if the yeah. movie literally ends with Karis flying out the window and getting the last rights and you get like one quick establishment of 
you know, Reagan is already better with her mom. Like that would have been fun. Like I think yeah, that, yeah. that is a fucking hammer drop. Well, like, cause gut it also punch, helps. Awesome ass. It also happens really quickly. Cause yeah. like you don't, when he starts beating Reagan or mm-hmm. the demon up and like, you know, yells at the demon to, to take him instead. Like that happens so fast. Then he gets possessed and jumps out the window. Yeah. Like, I think that would have, been a great ending because like you go up 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 but now then you come down yeah. and that's what it ends just, on just and felt, so just it, felt it was very a little disappointing to yeah. be honest yeah um this came out the day after christmas <laughs> imagine rounding up the family and going to see this All the jews went to see it <laughs> december 26 1972 <laughs> uh so I want to talk a little bit before we get an MVP and LVP because there are a lot of like the, the background stories. So of course a movie like this is going to have a troubled production and what? and like a curse. Like apparently like, multiple people involved like, in this movie died. have died around or since when the movie was was made. Um, William Friedkin, who we literally just lost a couple months ago, uh, made this and the French Connection like back to back. Became like. The direct, like one of the directors of his time, and then kind of unfortunately never reached those heights again in an era of Spielberg and Coppola and everybody else. Uh, but is like prolifically just a wild guy in terms of like his opinions. I, in, in the wake of his passing, there were all kinds of interviews and clips. There was an interview with him, uh, shortly before he died talking about the new Exorcist movie, and he's like. Well, that David Gordon Green's making it, so it's going to be a piece of shit. <laughs> like, just openly shitting over anything or anybody or, or whatever he doesn't like. There's a clip of him um, talking about the movie Cruising, which we own. A pretty infamous movie from, I think, the late 70s, early 80s, starring Al Pacino, about um, an undercover cop uh, trying to find a murderer in like underground gay clubs. And he just rips Pacino to fucking shreds. <laughs> it's riveting to watch. Um... He had some pretty interesting tactics in this movie. I don't know if you read all of them or saw them. Oh, no, I did. Uh, he shot a gun right at the ear of Jason Miller, who plays Father Karras, uh, alarming him. He would physically assault people, like literally punch the actor who played Father Dyer, who was a legitimate priest in the face to get him ready for a scene. Uh, the actress who portrayed the voice of the demon broke her sobriety because it was going to help her perform the voice on top of eating raw eggs and chain smoking. And Freakin's like, you know what? That's great. But you know what we should also do? We should strap you to a chair and confine you in an uncomfortable manner where things are like poking at your neck. (laughs) Like, why not? Like, like, I don't... This dude. Like, directors get fired now for like slipping up and saying... One wrong word. <laughs> this guy is torturing so people, and they are thanking him for it. Uh, I also didn't realize that this was a book. Like, had I figured this exorcist? That's one thing that somehow I made through fifty years not knowing that. Just like now, books can immediately become this like hot property, yeah, and get snatched up. I and mean, we just talked about that with Psycho last week, mm-hmm. where. Yeah, like, it was out there in the ether, and the book is apparently even wilder. Like, the book is, like, how is that even possible? 
that the book can go to even further extremes than what this does. Um, there's others when we get to actors and actresses. We'll cover that in a second. Um, was there any other interesting trivia or behind-the-scenes things? Or things I, I think I might have steamrolled over, things you potentially didn't like about the movie as well. No, I think I was able to mention it. Okay, good. Uh, let's get an MVP and LVP then. Where do you want to start? We could start with probably MVP. I mean, I have a list. It is hard to pick one. The f- well, if Linda Blair's on your list, there's going to be controversy around it. So that's the first thing I was going to say. was The first thing I wrote down was Linda Blair because it's a performance way beyond her years, obviously, and way beyond any expectation that you can have of a... I think she was 14 when she made it, playing 12. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the like, That's bonkers. She got nominated for Best Supporting Actress, lost to another child in Tatum O'Neill. Um, and that's even before the possession. Like, you can just feel... I think that's why the movie works so well, is in her brief glimpses of just being herself early on. Mm-hmm. Like I said, she's a pretty normal, charismatic, sweet girl that we then see this happen in her place. But to your point... I wrote it down, and then I was like, well, I don't think I can really count it because the voice of the demon is doing a lot of the heavy lifting later on in the movie. Um, And that voice is really impactful. And not her. And really upsetting, and it's not her. But she is still doing, like, the physicality of it. Obviously, she's not turning her head around. Um, But she's the one thrashing and and giving the, the visual performance. So I think, unfortunately, for those two, I think they kind of have to cancel each other out, and I couldn't pick one over the other. My pick would be Jason Miller as Father Karras. I knew it. Of course it is. That's totally the kind of character that you love. Well, and it's not to discredit Ellen Burson. I think she is She's fantastic. Great. I mean, She's great. The only thing I've ever seen her do a better job in is as Elliot Stabler's mom, mom on SVU. I think she does a great job on that. I think she's a little better in this. Uh, <laughs> I also have never seen Requiem for a Dream. Um, I disagree. I think is, she does a great job. She's got a lot of range. She is also fantastic. The only thing I liked about the movie Pieces of a Woman, which I think she got nominated for an Oscar for. I don't know. She, I thought she was really uh, good in this movie. I, I love that she always just has to be this like, grieving, crying woman. She nails it. She does such a good job. The difference, I would say, between her and Karis is there are a couple moments where I think she's going for it maybe a little too much. I, don't, I disagree. It, it, I mean, sure. She is portraying a woman who is watching her child be possessed by a demon. Um, but Karis, yes, this is my kind of role. This wonderfully conflicted man of faith that has nothing to do with me as a person but he has to do so much in this movie mm-hmm. by doing a, a lot of a little things early on and then he absolutely nails the exorcism stuff like his constant battle and crisis over what is happening and still trying to come to grips with if this is all real or not. And you can even argue, like, there are still some people that have a reading on this movie that, like, what happens is either, like, an imagination of Father Karras or some people have a reading on it that, you know, 
Reagan is just has like this dissociative personality or mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of fucking deep analysis of this movie absolutely um but for to for me he clutches it in the exorcism scene while already kind of carrying the movie from um just kind of that leading man mentality throughout so he'd be my vote well, Alan Burstyn's mine so right well let's Let's analyze this. Uh, how can I... They both got nominated for Academy Awards. Um, give, sell me. Make, make me the case. I gave, gave you specifics as to why I think it's Jason Miller. All right. Uh, she, you know, did a great job. <laughs> it's Jason Miller. Fuck. From the beginning. <laughs> uh, no, let me get my notes here. Um, you know, you're she... never prepared for this. Yeah, I know, cause I... you're just hoping that we agree, so you don't have to make an argument. Yes, that's awful. I'm ready and willing. Well, because at any I, moment to I fight for did, my people. I think she did a great job in like her reactions with like the surgeries and like her yelling at the doctors in that room when she was with all the doctors and she just like was like. Adamant and yelling at them. Okay, so I'm going to let you have this because those are good points. The other scene that I'm thinking of that we didn't really touch on is the scene with her end. And when she gets punched in the face. (laughs) All right, you're losing it now. Don't stop talking. When she got slapped in the face by by Linda Blair. She got hit in the face. She had that big bruiser. Then she gets a fucking dresser thrown on her. To my point, the scene we didn't talk about is the scene where she seeks Karis out and she tells Karis what's happening. And she's, it's right after that, she's so she's crying. bruised, she's got the glass, she's like it's so hidden, yeah. but it's, it's such a strongly grieving, understated yeah. scene still somehow that she crushed it. So I'm going to give you Ellen Burstyn. I'll yeah. give it to you. Yeah. You know why I never come prepared? Or it seems like I never do because I always win. Oh, that's one hundred. No. Okay. If you were to, if you were to, in okay. the history of this podcast and also in the 6,000 fucking days we've been together. Were to break down the two of us having a, a a conversation about which one of us is right. An argument. Don't not say conversation argument. if no, it's not a, really conversation. This isn't an argument. Okay. An argument. It's specifically in the history of the podcast. I think that's I the think problem. I, I, think that's the prob- I think that's the problem with our relationship. 85 is when we have an argument, you don't think it's an actual argument. When it is an actual argument. <laughs> fair. That's a fair point. All right. There's another one you won. There you go. So can I get Jason Miller now? No. <laughs> No, more often than not, I get my MVPs, and I'm able to convince you that I'm correct in my MVP analysis. So that's why I care more. This sure. Is, this is this is. I just let is, you, you know, so, think that. So if you're gonna if you're gonna but put your foot okay. down in this case for Ellen Burstyn, that's I, fine. She's on my list. She no would problem. be my number two. So no I'll problem. give it to you. Okay. I just will round up my Jason Miller. Also, the thing was uh, this same year. So Jason Miller wasn't an actor; he was a playwright. Uh, Friedkin. They wanted him to. Uh, they wanted. Brando for Marin, and he's like, no, then it becomes a Brando movie. Uh, Nicholson was also up for Marin, which would have been a fucking totally different movie. Uh, but he saw this guy's play and like really liked it and convinced him to do the movie. Uh, this guy was nominated for Best Supporting Actor the same year he won a Pulitzer and a Tony <laughs> for his play. That's crazy. That's a pretty good year, right? That's a great year. Also, two other things. So he would come back in Exorcist 3, which some people actually really like compared to The Exorcist 2, which is like one of the all-time bombs of all time. Oh, boy. Uh, he is also the father of Jason Patrick, the lead in Speed 2 Cruise Control that we saw uh, several months ago. 
Oh, I'm glad we didn't give him the MVP then, because... Because he had that guy as a kid? That's not yes. a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. Oh, for fuck's sake. You're oh, it's daddy. a thing. All right, so Ellen Burstyn is the MVP of The Exorcist. I do want to also take a little time to talk about Linda Blair, though, because if we're talking about all these other people's backgrounds, she had a wild fucking life. Um, Absolutely. This movie obviously made her one of the most famous people on the planet, and the sky was the limit for her. And she just turned out to be, like, a largely throughout the 70s and 80s wild child in terms of drugs and excess and also kind of victimized by the shitty Hollywood culture of it was. She dated Rick Springfield when she was 15. So fuck you, Rick Springfield. How old was Rick Springfield? He was on General Hospital as an adult. <laughs> she also would date Rick James at a time when you probably really shouldn't be dating Rick James. He he uh, he uh, fell in love with her after seeing her nude pictorial in a woman's magazine and uh, wrote the song Cold Blooded about her. So there you go. But it seems like she's doing fine now and uh, it's just a rough patch for her. As you'd expect, like, you can't do this movie and come out of it, like, well-adjusted and be like, ah, well, yes, time for me to go make Hallmark right, films. Right, right, you know, right. it's, it's going to be what it is. Uh, all right, so Ellen Burstyn, MVP, LVP. I have, I have a very small list, and it's of, of, a, of several bit players, but I'm interested to see if you have anybody. Um, I really didn't like Burke. I knew you were going to say because, that. Because, uh, one, he's just going around calling everybody a Nazi, and I was offended. And I just didn't, I, I thought it was too over the top. It was too much. And I didn't care. I, I honestly, like, I didn't care when he died. Like, sure. I didn't, I, I was kind of sad we didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he, he's not on my list. Well, you're wrong, Chris. I pro- again, I, I may give this to you. I knew this was going to come up. It is a weird, weird performance. I think Carl is equally as weird and would more so be my play here. I, but I, I think that might be the character thing. Because, like, this is supposed to be, like, the butler kind see, of See, I think Burke role. is more so a character thing than a performance I don't thing. think so. I think that's a performance thing. The other two that I had were Karis's brother. Uh, he, My note for this was, was he too Greek? That was his uncle. Or, sorry, uh, uh, his mother's uh, brother. Sorry. Yeah, the mother's so, brother. So the Karis brother. Uh, not Karis's brother. He was just, he was just, all his line deliveries were just bad. I think that was just his accent. Also, I didn't like, uh, the, the second doctor, Dr. Tanny, who was just like... I couldn't even really tell the difference between the doctors. They were just all old Well, the one men. doctor was in, like, four scenes. The other doctor kind of came in as, like, the, the specialist. And was yeah. giving all these monotonous opinions as to what was happening. I was like... Still not a psychiatrist. Still wanted to do the same test over and over yes. again. Which is exactly the point I made at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, not 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 a big fan of him. Uh, so those are my other ones. That's my thoughts on the matter. So you still wanted to be Burke? <laughs> I wanted to be Burke, but whatever, whatever you're. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, uh, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, I know I'm not wrong. I'm never wrong. I well, shut up. Well, this guy died like a year after this movie. This oh, he died during production. Yeah, he died in the movie. Oh, I didn't see it. How does this guy die? Yeah, he, from the fucking demon. What you mean? No, he had the flu. Something at the stop. Yeah, from the demon. <laughs> wow, I didn't know he was one of those. That's wild. Yeah. Man, fuck that. Fuck, fuck this fucking movie. Yeah, so fuck the curse of the production. Movie. Took twice as long. There were 
cost three times as much as the original budget. Uh, film was thought to be cursed. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's the long and fucking short of it. Is there anything else I didn't tackle about? Uh, yeah, apparently in the book, like the crucifixion masturbation scene is like prolonged and explicit. And it's like, that's fucking wild. Like, yeah. How can you make that any longer and weirder? <laughs> it's, it's absolutely nutso. Um, all right, so Jack McGowan yep. is the LVP of The Exorcist. I, I always have an affinity for those kind of quirky, odd characters in movies like this to kind of like stand out. But, I mean, as he's, you know... Forcing, like, grabbing this guy drunk and talking about Nazis. Yeah, you're probably yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, could, could, have, could have been tightened up a little better. Could have been done a little differently. Uh, so have you seen, you haven't seen any of the other ones, right? No. I still am morbid, like, if Exorcist Believer hits, like, Peacock, like, I'll fucking watch it. You know what I mean? I'm just curious to see, like, what they do with it. I'm curious to see Ellen Burstyn coming back to the role. Mm-hmm. They begged and pleaded with her, and she kept saying no until finally she's like, I want this amount of money, and I want it to go to charity. And they're like, all right, fine. <laughs> it's like, good for you, Ellen Burstyn. Get, you go, get your bag for somebody else. Um, you go, girl. I, we've kind of been skirting around the topic the entire time, but uh, what would we do? What would I do? What do you mean, what would we do? If, like, over the next month, all of a sudden, Jillian... I wouldn't think anything of it. I would just be like, oh, great. She's, like, getting closer to being a teenager and going through puberty. Like... You're nuts. Why? Look, I was a preteen girl and teenage girl. This is not Samantha. Going through puberty. And my mom once slapped me in the face. Because you're being a bitch. I'm aware. What do you think she's doing? You didn't have Pazuzu. This girl just being a bitch. She just needs one, two, slap to the face. She was slapping her mom. Her mom needed to slap her back. My favorite Sierra song, one, two, slap. One, two, slap. (laughs) Look what happened when when Karis started Wait, beating a the good shit. solid man. That's why that dad needed to be around. But when he started beating the what shit, happened? If dad was around. When he started beating the shit out of her, what happened? The <laughs> demon <laughs> left. He left. Exactly. You know why? What I'm going to say is going to be controversial. She didn't hit her because it's white. You know. <laughs> they say white people don't like to hit their kids. Oh. I was thinking of it because that's uh, it. Because the the if first this was, if this was like the Exorcist, like Puerto Rican style, Genesis will tell you <laughs> that demon could try to come to her house. Genesis would have taken off her shoe and beat the demon out of the house. I think you're going another way with that. I was thinking of the first episode of the third season of Atlanta with uh, the guy doing like the dance in school and the mother coming and slapping him and getting taken away, and going to those like weird uh, cultish like oh, white yeah, lesbians. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's what happens is, you know, is they just fucking handle it. Um, which one of us is more likely to get possessed by Pazuzu? You. Why? I would say it's you 100%. It's not me. Because you're Jewish. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I've called that Rabbi Exorcist now. Yeah, you got to find the Rabbi Exorcist. You got to, now you're going to have to say the Hebrew prayer, then there's no hope. Instead of tubular bells, it's just a creepier version of Hava Nagila. <laughs> 
No, because if you had to say like a Hebrew prayer, we would all be in trouble. Oh no, I just uh, say, Ben Parat Yosef, Ben Parat Yilei. Hey, the, you remember the, it? I've done it enough because of the Aww. the red string and stuff. I know, but does oh. that mean the power of Christ compels you? Well, I guess no, Christ it doesn't. Uh, the power no. of no, no. Okay, moving no. on. Anything Christ, else on the exorcism? Christ has nothing to do with it uh, for the Jewish exorcism. Uh, no, I think it would absolutely be you who gets possessed by the demon. Because if you you'd try- be fucked then, because I already am pretty strong. You get like the superhuman strength. I can oh, like please. if I can throw a fucking grown ass man down some steps and turn his neck around. Like I can do that now. Oh. If pushed to that level. Okay, congratulations. I'm not sure what. <laughs> I get the bragging about. Like this. why I know. Like what <laughs> the fuck? I'll just fucking annoy the shit out of you. Pazuzu's not coming in the south. I'll tell you. Cause you know why? Because we would time it. You know what I would do? If this happened, I would just, I would call one of our mothers and have them come over. And that demon would leave. And that's it. Mystery solved. Very fair. I do want to read uh, these two paragraphs from the Wikipedia about William Friedkin. Oh, Friedkin manipulated the actors to get genuine reactions. Unsatisfied with O'Malley's performance as dire ministers to the dying Karras at the end of the film... He slapped him hard across the face to generate a deeply solemn and literally shaken reaction for the scene, offending many Catholic crew members. He also fired blanks without warning to elicit shock from Miller for a take. Uh, somebody recalls him also doing this during the scene where Reagan assaults the doctors at the house. Freakin also told Miller that the vomit, porridge colored to resemble pea soup and pumped through a hidden tube, would hit him in the chest during the projectile vomit scene and rehearsed it that way. When filmed, the soup hit his face, resulting in his disgusted reaction. That's gross. Crew members found Freakin difficult to work with. On the first day of shooting, he had a wall removed to create space for the dolly to back up from a shot of bacon frying, then sent the prop master to look for preservative-free bacon, difficult to find at the time since he did not like the way it curled. <laughs> Another crew member recalled returning after three days of sick leave to find Freakin still shooting the same scene. <laughs> Uh, he was recalled the main delay being reshoots even of scenes that have been difficult to stage and film the first time such as Regan's bed shaking uh, people were literally placing bets on what he would reshoot next he also fired and rehired crew regularly one crew member recalls seeing freaking shake hands warmly with someone and then seconds later tell a second person to get this guy out of here <laughs> like I said what a what a fucking what a character what a character uh of a guy, uh, hold on, I'm just going to his, his page to see if there's anything else that would be notable. Yeah, he was married four times, that's not a fucking surprise. Um, yeah, I think that's the, the long, the long and short of it. Alright, anything else on The Exorcist? I think we covered everything. This is another one I'm adding to my list of scary movies I'm going to torment Jillian with when she's like old enough to Great. fucking experience it. I want to. I'm going to. Hundred and fifty one swerves in this movie. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's also with an asterisk attached to it because. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, this month, I mean, Halloween month, has ruined this concept for you, and because good. The I'm so fucking over it. Just tap out. Just no, be done with I gotta it. finish the year. Well, I mean, it's already de- there's already an asterisk. It's already delegitimized because Pazuzu already deleted some of your swords. I know Pazuzu. And did. for Birdemic, uh, two and three, you were just throwing out numbers in the four hundreds that were not anything legitimate. So I don't think I said that. I don't think I, I literally. Did you just hear it? Four hundred. I literally listened to both podcasts, Which and as a joke, 
I don't remember. I think it was well, number two. Okay. I listened to the podcast. I don't have time for that. Uh-huh. You could literally listen to them as you're just working. No, which is what I did. Then I would be distracted. No, you just... You I just... how awful my voice sounds. Oh, well, that's... I get used to that. Again, 6,000 days. Um, you said something like 470 swerves in Birdemic uh, 2. And you made me... No, no, no. And I, you made me laugh. And I was like, there's no way that's real. And you're like, no, nah, I'm just fucking around. So you didn't even bother. So you didn't even bother the count. So how we were doing it live? I couldn't write down the swerves. Not my fault. Not my. You're not the one that said you were going to do it. What? You were the one that said you were going to tell us by the end of the year which movie had the most swerves. And now whatever wins it is not legitimately going to be the answer. No, because you didn't do this properly. F nine is going to win it. I mean, two hundred and twenty-four. It's hard to top. You know, I think there could be very easily. What movies had the least amount of swerves? I bet you don't know. Well, right now it's Birdemic two and three with zero. Yeah, I don't know what I was doing with these swerves because I had everything everywhere all at once. Only had two swerves. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, I'm I, Samantha. This is over. It is <laughs> over with. It is done. You are a failure. <laughs> That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I think, I think. No, no, no. There, you have no, don't you dare. I think I then went off the deep end shortly thereafter. I think it was like legitimate until we got to the Fast, the Fast and the Furious franchise. Ruined no, it was. Gimmick no, it was, do you mind if I look at your list? No, yeah, I do mind. Okay. Because way before that, you were throwing out numbers in the hundreds. And no, you would no, say no, things no, like, no, 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 Swerve, no. he's in a car. And it's like, that's not a fucking no, swerve. No, yes, yes, no. it was. So the Fast yes, it and was. Furious, the Fast and Furious had... I, I don't care. No, you were doing up. stuff like this way before that. But if you were telling me that everything, every all at once had two swerves... Well, that was well, the second movie we watched. I don't day, care. But no, Chris, the highest movie that was not a Fast and the Furious movie... The highest number of swerves that was not in a Fast and Furious movie was Interstellar. Cool. It was 71. I'm absolving you from this. Please well, stop no, doing it. No, it no, you just already said this is a illegitimate system and process. You're illegitimate. By saying that everything ever all at once, arguably probably the movie that should win this, had two. So don't gussy up numbers. Just for the sheer gussing up anything, what the, you are, I'm not doing you have you've you've royally fucked this. You have royally fucked it. I'm gonna exercise you from this swerve thing. The power of blah compels you. <laughs> What's your score on the exorcist? <laughs> Lower now. No, don't don't impact the movie based on my poor joke. It's a great movie. I'm gonna give it an eight. An eight and a half. No, don't change the score. An eight and a half. You were going to give it an eight. And a half. Uh-huh. I'm giving it a nine and a half. Okay. It is... Why are you guys so fucking mad at me? It's like I gave it a two. But still, I was like, you were just like an eight. Like... And a half, yeah. It is is one of the greatest horror movies ever made. It was a disappointing ending, and the beginning dragged on. I, I do take the half point is for... 
the, the first ten minutes and the last five minutes. It, it yeah. is what it is. But I mean, I don't take two fucking points off it. Like, good lord, lady. I said eight and a half. You were gonna do until my. I reaction. said eight and a half. Eventually. Allegedly. Uh, no, it's uh, it can't be allegedly if it's on this podcast. So there are nine. a lot of things that are on this podcast that are allegedly things like six thousand days being an accurate number. Do we get you the actual fucking days numbers? No. I can do it if no. you want. No. It's it's very fine. easy. No. Nope. And count for leap years and everything. Mm-hmm. Keep it up. You ain't going to make it to seven. You ain't going to make it to 6,001. Uh, no need for you to nominate because we already have your movie nominated. Good, I wasn't going to. Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit will be next week's episode. Hopefully, I will keep our schedule fluid because we are going to have a visitor next week. And I don't know what we potentially have cooked up. So maybe we can convince that visitor to sit and watch a bad movie and record. Who knows? Just going to throw that out there in the ether. We'll see what we have time for. If not, we have Wallace and Gromit. We have In the Valley of Ella. We have Jillian's birthday movie, which we still have, she still hasn't given to us, despite me asking her on multiple occasions. We have Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And uh, Christmas is coming up, so I think we settled... Fuck you. Why did you just fucking do that? <laughs> You've turned the light off in the middle of me fucking doing <laughs> plugs and talking, you fucking goddamn cunt. Um, I believe we settled last year on we are going to do one good Christmas movie and one bad Christmas yep. movie every year. Do I have the list? Stop messing with the lights. I'm not doing anything with the light. You're hilarious. Uh, yeah, I do have the, the, the little list here of some of the bad, like, Hallmarky Chris. Stop, because you're going to fuck the light up. For real. Um, up. Yeah. But last year, I bought you the one Hanukkah Hallmark movie oh, that we have. Oh, god! Do we want to just make that this year's? Because I think it would land Hanukkah's earlier this year. It is. All right, so our bad holiday movie this year will be Love Lights Hanukkah. How do you know it's going to be bad? That's probably going to be a great movie. That's going to be the biggest rev. That's going to be... Is that the last movie we watch of the year? Swerve! She's not Jewish. No, it won't be. No. Swerve, it's a good movie. No, it's starring, I believe, Ben Savage. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to be the best movie of the year. We'll figure out what our, our good Christmas movie is later, but we'll do Love Lights Hanukkah uh, for... Hanukkah. Is it love, comma, lights, comma, Hanukkah, or love, lights, Hanukkah? Love, comma, lights, comma, Hanukkah. Okay. Yeah, starring Ben Savage and oh, wow. Mary Lou Renner. Mary Lou Henner, sorry. The, the other person's a different person. Uh, but until then, thank you for listening to this episode of Mary Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and when subscribe you said, wherever you get your podcast. I'm in the middle of the plug. But I, when you said, who is that other person in the movie with Ben Savage? Mary Lou Henner. I meant to say Mary Lou Renner. I thought that you said... I thought you were going to say Patty Van... Patty, Patsy Van Ediger? Patsy Van Ediger. No. Uh, I will... All right. James Wen Birdemic update. I'm glad this happened. Let me finish the plugs and I'll get to it. Uh, Facebook.com slash MarriedMovies at MaryWMovies on Twitter. MaryWMovies at gmail.com. Let us know if you're into the show. Like I mentioned earlier. Patreon.com slash Audio for bonus content. For me, at your host, Mull38 on Instagram. For you. At Jam with your Sam. If you're going to be in the Orlando area um, a, week, a week ago, we hope you saw the Funko show because <laughs> we're a week in advance. Uh, sorry, I got so excited because I forgot I mentioned this. So two things. Number one, 
uh, I was still trying to find the name of the girl with the umbrella from Bird Dinner. Oh my gosh. And I went to IMDb again and I managed to get to Alan uh, Bagg's uh, IMDb page. And it said, like, you know, when you go on IDB, it says, like, actor and, like, what they're known for, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, actor, Birdemic. Instead, it's an actor, the book of Boba Fett. And I was like, shut the fuck up. How did this guy get better work? <laughs> and it's true. He plays some character called Nutcracker on Book of Boba Fett. That sounds made up. I'm going to go to his filmography right now. Actor. He plays Nutcracker. Oh, okay, never mind. He plays Nutcracker Biker on Speed Bike. So he just plays like a fucking extra that has a thing. He also has an uncredited appearance in the Mark Wahlberg movie Father Stew. He also uh, was in the movie uh, Bright, the Will Smith uh, movie on Netflix. Oh, God. As an uncredited elf. Um, so he's, he also was in uh, Ghost Shark 2, Urban Jaws, which I'm going to find. Uh, so I want to point that out. The other thing I want to point out was uh, was just doing Birdemic research because I'm in deep. And uh, I found a recent interview with James Nguyen where he's talking about uh, Birdemic 3, Sea Eagle. And the person asked him about uh, any potential future movies. And uh, there will be a Birdemic 4. Oh, God. And I believe he already has a title. Oh, I don't think I can handle this. I, there, it's, I believe he said he was trying to get it. Is there something else I can help with? No. Call James Wen. Uh, Birdemic 4, Garden of Paradise. And uh, the, the scene in Birdemic 3 with Mr. Green talking about the space elevator, that's going to be at a crux of this movie. I hate what you've done. To my life, and what James Wynn has done to those Some worlds. people get possessed by Pazuzu, some people get possessed by James Wynn. Or Mullet. <laughs> this is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. James Wynn's movie sucks cocks in hell. He's gonna sue you now. You can't sue me for this. <laughs> true. <laughs>